Welcome to worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. It's the third Sunday of Easter and we're reading stories of the resurrection. We celebrate Easter for 40 days because the risen Christ walked on earth for 40 days. I'm Rebecca Duke Barton, one of your pastors. Today's gospel comes to us from Luke 24. It's Easter evening and two followers of Jesus are on the road from Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus. Cleopas is named in the story, but the other traveler is unnamed. I like to think that his companion is Mary, wife of Cleopas, mentioned in Matthew as one of the women who came to the tomb with spices. Of course, another option is that it's left open-ended so that you know that you're the other traveler. Our co-pastor Garth is here to read from Luke 24, beginning at verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed them over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they indeed had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, "How oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. And they came near the village to which they were going. He walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So we went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he's appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I ran across a conversation on social media asking people to tell a sad story in three words. Do you want to hear some of the sad stories? Please don't go. Sometimes love hurts. Wish I could. Lost a friend. No more chocolate. 
let this pass. Help me, please. The pair on the road to Emmaus have their own three-word sad story. We had hoped. It was Easter evening, and the pair met Jesus on the road. But of course, they didn't know it was him. He began to talk to them and ask them about what they were talking about. They were shocked that this stranger on the road doesn't already know. All of Jerusalem is talking about this. Don't you love how Jesus just asks some open-ended questions and let them talk? Jesus knew how to listen. Even though they didn't know it was Jesus, there was something about him that made them want to share their deepest feelings. They told him all about their grief and loss, their hopes and dreams that had been dashed by the crucifixion. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped tells a whole story. They had a vision for the future, a vision where God would send a king to defeat the Romans and bring Israel back to its glory. And that was supposed to be Jesus, the Messiah. But the Romans had killed him and that was that. Or so they thought. I think about how many times in our lives we are living in a sad story. We had hoped. We had hoped things were going to be different. We had hoped for a better report. We had hoped for a baby. We had hoped for a promotion. We had hoped our kids would do better. Our lives are filled with these moments when we realize that the future we had imagined isn't going to happen. We had hoped. In the midst of our sad stories, we meet the risen Christ. He listens, he cares, and he's about to change the ending. I listen to a lot of sermons for my own personal edification. After last week's confession about tricking people into drinking the bitter drink called Beverly, I need to work on my sanctification. So in his Easter sermon, Jason Michelli talked about the ending of The Lord of the Rings. At the end of the book, when the ring has unleashed evil into the world and has been destroyed, Sam the Hobbit wakes up from his sleep. He's surprised to find that he's alive, and he's surprised that Gandalf is alive. He looks around him and he asks the question, is everything sad going to come untrue? What's happened to the world? I've been sitting with that thought all week. Is everything sad going to come untrue? It's the Lord of the Rings and not the Bible, of course, but Tolkien was a devoted Christian and he knew the Bible well. As I read this story in Luke 24 and the other resurrection stories we're reading, I think Sam the Hobbit is actually telling us something important about God's promises. We have sad stories, no doubt. God knows every dashed hope, every broken heart, every dream that has died. The message of the gospel is that Jesus has taken those sad stories and rewritten them. In the crucifixion, Jesus took it all on himself. He took all of our pain, all of our sorrows, all of our death, all of our sad stories upon him on the cross. And in the resurrection, all of the sad stories are coming untrue. The ancient church father, St. Gregory, explained how Jesus transformed our stories. Listen to his words. That which is not assumed is not healed. That which is united in God, that will be saved. If half of Adam fell, also half will be taken up and healed. But if all of Adam fell, 
all of his nature will be united to God and all of it will be saved. Let's think about that. For the one who is fully God to also become fully human in one person, he took on our nature and united it with God. In walking all the way through death and coming out the other side, Jesus assumed in St. Gregory's words, he took on all of the nature and all of our sad stories. Isaiah says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes, we are healed. You see, the scripture teaches us we are united with God through Jesus and we will be healed. We will be saved. Jesus is the firstborn of the new creation, and the sad story that began with Adam has come untrue in Christ. Luke doesn't tell us for sure which scriptures Jesus pointed to as he was talking to the pair on the road to Emmaus, but we can imagine. He went through the scriptures to help them see what God had in mind the whole time. I have no doubt that Jesus went through Isaiah and showed that his suffering wasn't an accident. And it didn't stop God's plan of redemption. It was God's plan of redemption. I'm sure Jesus talked to them about the Psalms. The stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. I'm sure he went to Job. I know that my Redeemer lives. Job, who had lived so many sad stories, to still know at the end that his Redeemer lives. I'm sure that Jesus showed them that it isn't just a scripture here and there that points to Jesus, but that the whole story from beginning to end finds its fulfillment in the one who is both fully human and fully God and unites us together with him. I suspect Jesus took them back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve and the fruit they were not supposed to eat. The serpent said, take and eat. N.T. Wright points out that this is the first meal described in the Bible. The moment is heavy with significance. The woman took some of the fruit and ate it. And she gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. You can trace all of our broken hopes to that moment. Death itself entered the world. Creation had fallen. Jesus helped them to see the story of the scriptures. And now Luke is helping us to understand it because he echoes the story of the first meal in the first creation with the first meal in the new creation. Look at verse 31. He took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Then the eyes of them both were opened and they recognized him. Do you see how he undid everything that happened in the fall? Take and eat. This time it doesn't carry a curse. It carries a blessing. Their eyes were opened and rather than realizing their own vulnerability, they recognized the risen Christ, the one who is fully God and fully human. What this pair, Cleopas and maybe Mary, his wife, discovered is that the curse has been broken. Death itself has been defeated. Jesus is the firstborn of the new creation. Their sad story we had hoped turns out to be a sad story that has come untrue. 
It is the beginning of the story of new life, of resurrection. Because what they hoped is that Jesus was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And that hope has come true. The pair was able to look back at their experience and see Christ in it. Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Jesus helped them to see what they had missed and what God was doing all along. We had hoped in God's redemption and God was bringing it. This is what the presence of Christ does for us. It is the presence of Christ that transforms the dashed hopes and the broken dreams into a resurrection moment. It is the presence of Christ that transforms our sad stories. You see, we, when we are in the presence of Christ, he is redeeming us. He's turning our sad stories around. He's inviting us into the new creation. Do you have a story that needs to be turned around in this Easter season? We can live too long in those broken dreams. We are so often living defeated lives. But it's still Easter, beloveds. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is with me through all the stormy blasts. The day of his appearing will come at last. It is still Easter, and we serve a God who defeated death. We live in a world not just where resurrection could happen, but where resurrection has happened. Hallelujah, y'all. In Jesus Christ, we see the beginning of the new creation. Do you understand what that means for us, brothers and sisters? We are invited to live in the power of the resurrection. A broken dream is not the end of our story. The hurt and the pain that this world can bring are being taken up in the power of the resurrection. Jesus is making it come untrue. If you have a story that needs to be turned around, Ruth Haley Barton suggests that we imagine ourselves walking with Jesus. We talk to him about the difficult time that we've been through. He listens. We ask him questions. And then we let him speak about what has happened from a spiritual perspective. He speaks the words of God over us. He put his life, death, and resurrection into the larger narrative for the pair on the way to Emmaus. And that's what he does for us too. He helps us to see that whatever difficult thing we're going through, now it belongs to him. And, it, and we can understand it in, in the suffering that he went through and the new life that he brings. We get a different perspective when we give it to Jesus. So ask him your questions and receive the comfort that his presence brings. Now, one more thought for the church. Cleopas and his companion knew Jesus when he broke the bread. That broken bread harkens back to the meal the night before he died when he prepared his disciples. This is my body broken for you. But communion is also an Emmaus meal. When we share together, we aren't just remembering the Last Supper enacting an event from history. We're sharing together in a resurrection meal. We're sharing together Jesus and his presence and breaking the bread in that resurrection moment on the road to Emmaus. He wants to make himself known to us now in the breaking of the bread. This is the mystery of faith. 
Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. It is precisely because Christ has died that the presence of the risen Christ changes the story. And he's coming again to bring us into the fullness of the new creation. Will you pray with me? Loving God, you created us and you have redeemed us. You took on our nature so that we could have yours. Send your Holy Spirit as a comforter. Heal our hearts. Turn our mourning into dancing. Making us the new creation. In the name of the risen Christ, we pray. Amen.